straight efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. Here in episode 64, we have joining us Andrew Bremer. He's Managing Director of Drive Ohio, where we talk about the goals of the program, Ohio's importance as a transportation center, and the infrastructure needs for electric vehicles and automated vehicles. He also comments on the importance of partnerships and dialogues to make improvements, and he shares information about the US 33 Smart Mobility Corridor and the I-70 Truck Automation Corridor. Today, we have joining us Andrew Bremer, the Managing Director at Drive Ohio, and it's a real pleasure having you on today, Andrew. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, pleasure to be with you. Yeah, full disclosure for everybody, uh, I was born and raised in Ohio. Uh, proud graduate of Ohio State University um, and, you know, kind of fascinated with everything Buckeye. So talking to you, Andrew, I mean, we would have been de facto friends had we never worked together <laughs> on <right>. anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, do you remember how uh, Drive Ohio and NACFI met and maybe how, you know, sort of you and I, I mean, I, I want to say it goes back, uh, maybe even back to the Columbus Smart City work, but I, I, I couldn't really figure it all out. You got any thoughts on that? Yeah, and I think it's it started with a, a friend of a friend. Uh, so HNTB is one of those large engineering firms, and I believe they were involved in the Smart City program as well uh, but back in 2016 or so. And I think we served on a couple of, of committees together. Um, but I think we're even closer now because we're we're on part of a, uh, a, a project together, the I-70 Smart Automation Corridor Project. Yeah, and you know, we at NACFI, we, you know, we, we've been around 12 or 13 years. I've been in, you know, trucking a lot longer and we've done a lot of work with the DOE and, uh, you know, their Clean Cities Program, um, you know, and some other government groups. But, but I got to be honest, we don't um, and haven't worked really closely with the Department of Transportation or the state uh, Department of Transportation. So um, yeah, let's get right into this. Tell us about Drive Ohio and how, you know, how it fits in, you know, governance and, um, and, and what your main goals and objectives are. So Drive Ohio is housed currently under the Ohio Department of Transportation. We are an entity that was created under executive order. So beginning in January of 2018, uh, then Governor John Kasich, uh, and now continued under our current governor, Mike DeWine, signed an executive order creating Drive Ohio. And we're structured so that Drive Ohio can pull together all of the different state agencies, such as our friends over at Department of Public Safety. Uh, they manage the Ohio Highway Patrol, the Department of Insurance and other agencies. And so Drive Ohio is that one-stop shop uh, for Ohio to advance smart mobility. And that's involving connected and automated vehicles, whether that's on the ground or in the air, uh, shared mobility and electrified mobility now. And so when we talk about smart mobility, that means we're pursuing any technology that addresses safety and efficiency. And right now we have, uh, for calendar year 2021, we have 1,244 fatalities on Ohio's roadways. So Drive Ohio was created to address uh, safety and efficiency, specifically that fatality number. Yeah, you know, and I think it's actually creeping up some too. I mean, we, we've gone like a decade nationally of reducing highway deaths and then... Um, 
you know, it's and, and actually that kind of shocks me a little bit with, uh, you know, the better reliable and durable cars we have. We got a lot of safety equipment on it, but we all know distractions and other things. So it's, it's really important work. Is this a common sort of uh, approach that we see in other states as well, um, Andrew, or is it unique to Ohio having such an um, entity? Well, I, I like to uh, promote Ohio anytime I can, so I'm going to do it now. Uh, I like to say that Ohio is a leader in this area. Around 2015 and 2016, there weren't a whole lot of states looking at uh, smart mobility issues or even in smart mobility in general. Uh, but with the advancements and the award of Smart Columbus of a USDOT grant uh, with another grant initiative that the state of Ohio won, um, we were sort of propelled into this space and looking at, you know, where does the issue of smart mobility, where does that get addressed in state government? There really was no one agency that was well positioned to address that. Yes, it sort of lives under the Ohio Department of Transportation, and, and yes, it has a lot of infrastructure issues dealing with that, but you really needed a new entity to handle all of the issues that are uh, a part of smart mobility, you know, regulations, rules, uh, insurance capabilities, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'd like to say that Ohio is a leader in, in this, and I think other states are starting to, uh, to get the picture and to move along as well. Yeah, we're even seeing that at the federal level. We have the joint, what they call it, the joint to where there's a, a, a group working across DOE, DOT at the federal level on some of these exact same um, things. And, you know, I, I hear, you know, not only uh, we both Buckeyes, but Ohio, I mean, when you think about it and think about transportation, I mean, way back in the day, you had a Great Lake and, um, you know, multiple cities on the Great Lakes that were key to transportation before we had cars and trains and the Ohio River, for goodness sake. And then the highway bill with, um, you know, about 75, 71 going north and south, you got the toll, the tollway and turnpike and 80, 90, as well as 70 across the middle of the state. And like you mentioned earlier, I didn't even thought about it till you brought it up, but, you know, planes and trains and, you know, Ohio has always had a, a, a big transportation need, both within the state and as you go across the state. Um, I, I suppose, how do you think about that with respect to the work you do at Drive Ohio? Yeah, you, you covered the uh, the on the ground part pretty well. And you're right, Ohio is the heart of it all. We're within a day's drive of 60% of the US and Canadian population. So we're right in the center of everything and we need a large infrastructure to take care of that. Uh, it's interesting to note that you know we're, we're 35th in land size, 11th in population, but we've got the seventh uh, largest amount of vehicle miles traveled in the country and also the second uh, largest number of bridges in the country as well. So we've got a lot of resources taking care of that infrastructure. Um, but I think, you, you know, you covered the on the ground components pretty well, but I think we're missing a little bit of our air assets. Um, Ohio is home to 176 public use airports, uh, eight commercial airports. Uh, and so it, within Drive Ohio, we also have a, a group that oversees unmanned aerial systems called Fly Ohio, uh, you know, taking advantage of all that infrastructure we have in the state. Um, Fly Ohio is housed under within the Dayton and Springfield area, of course, you know, where flight grew up, you know, you're familiar with Ohio, so where the Wright brothers did their research development and, and improving their products to do that first in flight in North Carolina. 
Um, so Fly Ohio is really trying to pull together those assets and develop the use cases for unmanned aerial systems, both freight and passenger. Um, you know, not only transporting those goods, but also uh, responding for emergency situations on the freeways as well. Again, you know, all those resources, saving lives, impacting the safety numbers, uh, all through smart mobility. Yeah, and when I think about smart mobility, of course, we work on freight, not people movement so much, but, uh, you know, it's becoming a uh, intermodal world. I don't know, maybe that's wrong. I'm not sure that's, but transportation is becoming intermodal. We're starting to really think about, you know, e-commerce e sort of is driving some of that, but but I think other things too. I mean, getting a big tractor trailer, I mean, let me step back. A tractor trailer moving goods is, is really efficient because it can go dock to dock. Um, but as we keep studying at NACFI, you know, the great tractor trailer that can do, say, 11, 12 mile per gallon on the highway has aerodynamics and gearing and, and uh, ultimately other zero emission technologies on it that makes it kind of a hard truck to handle in the city or even inside any sort of beltway. So we see uh, a movement to, you know, long haul intermodal trucks or inter, like a mode shift for trucking even. So we always think about that in terms of rail to truck, but you know, maybe there's a long haul truck that drops outside of Columbus or Dayton, and then uh, you know, a zero emission, more regional, more maneuverable truck um, moves the freight around town. So, you know, with air and sea and, and ground, I mean, I, I think technology is also bringing this right uh, vehicle to do the job, but that's gonna require moving the freight maybe from one one truck to another uh, i don't know a little off the beat there but um uh, no, absolutely you know, I, I agree with you mike the um so we've got to be clear where our swim lanes are so to speak um so you know the infrastructure side that's what drive ohio and the state of ohio has control over right you talk about mode shifts and and some of these new technologies being incorporated and how you make those mode shifts we understand, you know, we're leaving that to the private sector to figure out. So it's good that we have these partnerships, uh, you know, NACFI and other private sector partners taking care of their aspects, the public infrastructure side taking care of our aspects. And then, you know, that dialogue, that back and forth, and even the partnerships, you know, how they go, even between contract and contract and project to project, demonstration and demonstration that continuing mix of feedback and dialogue continuously, you know, feeds better innovation, more efficiency. You know, if there are improvements to the infrastructure that we need to make, uh, you know, if there is a large modal shift with electric trucks or automated trucks or, you know, air mobility, we should hear that at the state level from our private friends and our private partners. Uh, and we'll make those changes. It, it won't be immediate over but over time, um, you know, those improvements can be made. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into the infrastructure and we'll save some time to talk about this um, I-70 automation project here in a few minutes. But um, with respect to infrastructure, you're, so you're talking about, you know, publicly funded infrastructure, I would think. Um, and so not only do we have to think about roads and bridges, but now we're looking at uh, charging uh, or hydrogen. Uh, and, you know, our studies say that, you know, that will start, uh, you know, that movement will start with sort of private depot charging, much like we're seeing with cars with, you know, cars charged in their garages before they start to charge it out on, 
you know, on public streets or in, you know, shopping malls or this, that, and the other, we see that happening as well on trucks. But um, how are you uh, approaching the, let's just focus on electric vehicle charging and maybe hydrogen fueling with respect to the infrastructure needs for those um, cars and trucks into the future? Certainly. Well, we've been looking at the electrification of, uh, you know, not only the transportation system, but looking at the areas where these, where these uh, chargers can go. So Drive Ohio is tasked by, uh, by our governor to look at those locations for charging stations. We started in 2019 with a freight electrification study. Uh, we've evolved since then to looking at passenger vehicles as well. And so we have an excellent start in the state of Ohio uh, for receiving you know, federal funding, you know, part of the build program. Uh, the infrastructure program um, for receiving those federal funds to make those electrification uh, improvements happen. Um, so we're well positioned, we're well studied on the subject, uh, and we're just looking for private partners to help us make it happen. What uh, for you in, in that, that journey of, uh, you know, the, the freight study and so forth, what are some of the surprises you've had? I mean, I could guess at a couple, but um, why don't you share a few and then maybe I'll I'll, uh, I'll ask you a follow-on question um, if you don't mind. Sure. Well, you know, being housed under the Department of Transportation, we're now moving into different areas than, you know, traditional transportation would have us move into. Taking a look at electrification and electric charging stations and their locations, um, taking a look at the electric grid itself and seeing the capabilities of the electric grid to support uh, you know, DC fast charging, for example, that has a large energy footprint and a large energy uh, draw to it. And just to see the, uh, the number of locations that were not able to place immediately with a DC fast charger was, was quite uh, alarming. Um, so there will be continued dialogue with our energy providers, the, the grid, so to speak, uh, on those improvements on getting to those rural areas and some of the underserved areas as well. A couple of weeks ago, I was in around DC at a, at a meeting and Alex Schrader, who's uh, leading that joint office I mentioned um, on energy and transportation. He said something interesting. I, I thought it really took me back. He said, you know, we've got these two huge systems that were developed uh, in the United States, the uh, grid and the highway system. And now we're asking them to work together uh, for, uh, you know, electrifying transportation. And I, I, that struck me as, you know, wow, we got two very complex systems that we're expecting now to, to work together. I mean, not only do you have that, but the amount of power we need to get to charge these vehicles from that grid. Um, you know, even myself, I say sometimes, well, electricity is just electricity. We can know how to scale. We ought to be able to scale that. I mean, we've been doing it forever. Uh, on the other hand, um, you know, when the utility folks actually talk through how much we're talking about here, this might be a, uh, you know, once in forever uh, growth in, uh, you know, in electricity needs uh, for transportation. So, uh, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, I know, but man, it, uh, it feels a little overwhelming at times. Certainly. And I think uh, we're well positioned to have those conversations. Those are, those are important conversations to have, you know. How are we going to build out this infrastructure? 
how is the grid going to grow and adapt to that? But also, where is the electricity electricity going to come from? All right, um, let's look at the uh, at automation a little bit. I know um, the governor uh, a few years ago, even I, I recall a, a project along um, State Route 30, if I remember right, or 33. Uh, and, you know, some some very uh, leading stepping out Ohio was thinking about this um, uh, automation, whether it's, you know, you know freight or trucks, because uh, a lot of states are looking at it and saying, oh, OK, we're going to kind of step back and, and watch this happen in the southwest, you know, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. And then, uh, you know, and then we'll figure out how to do it, because when we talk about truck automation, the weather uh, is a is a big deal. Um but I kind of do. I have that right. Ohio kind of leaned into um, trucking automation uh, a number of years ago. Absolutely, absolutely. No, early on we recognized that Ohio needs to be a leader in this. We've got the right infrastructure for it, um, and that speaks well at the state level as well as our local uh, municipalities. They have wonderful infrastructure assets available to help the private sector develop and innovate. Uh, automation solutions. Uh, but you're right, the US 33 Smart Mobility Corridor, we used that uh, piece of infrastructure. And it's a, it's a corridor that goes from just outside central Ohio here, uh, from Dublin, uh, through the city of Marysville, up to the Transportation Research Center, another one of those great assets that we have here in Ohio, uh, that's testing automated and connected vehicles. Uh, but we leveraged US 33 to conduct a, an early demonstration of truck automation. And then it was the company known as Auto, O-T-T-O, uh, going throughout the country, demonstrating the capabilities of this, this new thing called automated truck technology. And they claimed that the truck could do many functions that the driver does, uh, either assist the driver or do them better. So we tasked Auto with carrying a, a salt brine tank uh, from the ODOT central garage here in Columbus up to one of our, our county headquarters up in Bell Fountain in Logan County along US 33. And early on that was used as a test and a demonstration uh, and it worked out tremendously. And I will say, unfortunately, we were a bit late in conducting that that test. Uh, I think the state of Colorado got the attention grab and the headline grab when they partnered with Auto to transport a a, a truck full of Budweiser beer. Um, so you can imagine the headlines that you know Auto <laughs> transports Budweiser sounds a lot better than Auto transports salt brine. So <laughs> yeah, I remember, we I remember. that. So that brings us to this I-70 truck automated corridor project. So um, what's the history and where is that project um, right now? I know um, NACFI is partnering and so we we know a lot about this project, but walk Mm -hmm. uh, walk our uh, listeners through what it is and and what you're trying to accomplish there. Certainly. So the concept came to us uh, in 2018. We were going through, you know, just some brainstorming exercises of what's what's the next thing. So we've got the US 33 Smart Mobility Corridor. That project's being built currently as of 2018. Um, we've done some demonstrations with the City of Columbus and the Smart Cities uh, Challenge Program of uh, demonstrating passenger uh, AV shuttles. So what's next? Well, the obvious step was 
you know, look at the freight and logistics industry in Ohio. You know, my earlier statistics of, of being, you know, 60, within 60% of the U.S. and Canadian population, we're home to the freight and logistics industry, and, and it's a big player here in Ohio. So, you know, truck automation has got to be the next step. Uh, how we do that, you know, there has been a lot of demonstrations in the South and Southwest, as you, as you mentioned before, Mike. And how do we get the AV tech industry to pay attention to Ohio? And to do that, you know, grant funding is great. We've got about $4 million available uh, to entice the tech industry to come up here to Ohio and partner with the freight and logistics industry uh, to do this project. But, you know, just create that incentive to get them up here to get the industry started, to get that partnership going, and hopefully it can continue on in the future. Um, but, you know, another aspect of that, you know, there may be, uh, freight carriers or, 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 you know, drivers that are unsure of this technology. Well, another aspect of the project, though, is to partner with the Transportation Research Center, uh, a bunch of great engineers up there, um, you know, taking a look at these issues, but partner with the TRC and conduct what we're calling a road audit. Uh, and a road audit is simply, you know, outfitting a vehicle with machine vision, because that's a lot of what these automated technology systems are, is simply just a machine vision system uh, to take a look at the roadway. And you know how they see the roadway uh, is dependent on different AV technology companies, whether they rely on LIDAR, radar, uh, visual cameras, or a combination of all three, or you know, possible some other information through GPS sensing and everything. Um, but essentially just incorporate machine vision into these vehicles, run them on I-70, ensure that the infrastructure is built to the best possible standard that we can possibly build it so that it, so that it, it ensures that the technology will work consistently and reliably. So there, there's that twofold aspect, enticing the AV industry to come up here and also create that level of assurance that the technology is going to work consistently and reliably. Yeah, those those two aspects are exactly why we got excited about it and wanted to help help you get it done. So, where are we right now? I mean, um, I think uh, or I know that we've been working on helping and making it easier for or easy for those uh, technology providers and the end user fleets to participate and get involved and sign up for this testing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, through just ha having a simple application process, but aren't we about ready to ask for um, proposals or uh, responses to, to find those partners and get this done in 2023? Absolutely. So we're on the verge of releasing a request for proposals in RFP uh, to look for those, what we're calling deployment teams. And unfortunately, at the state level, we're not able to play matchmaker or any kind of uh, arrangement between private sector partners. So we're looking for responses from deployment teams that consist of uh, a fleet and logistics firm and a technology provider providing the level of technology that we're looking for, um, responding to that RFP and coming up with a proposal to run on I-70 uh, involves certain levels of technology in that, in that proposal as well. Uh, and you know, provide us a picture of how how you're going to run the technology within your daily business functions. That RFP and, and um, will come out in the next couple of weeks. You got uh, the time frame for it? So the RFP will be released.
least at the end of September here. Uh, we'll be seeking responses um, at the end of October. We'll be evaluating responses uh, through November, December, hopefully contracting beginning 2023 and hopefully getting trucks on the roadway by uh, middle of 23. That's great. So everybody out there who might want to think about um, responding to this, uh, I think it's a real good opportunity. And I, I think uh, the team there at Drive Ohio, HNTV, NACFI's part of that. I mean, they, they've come up with a pretty simple, straightforward way to do this RFP. And I, I think it's like going to be less uh, onerous or demanding than you think. So I would really encourage people to consider um, um you know, going and, and thinking about and getting involved and actually winning this proposal. But we're running out of time, Andrew. So, uh, you know, from your kind of chair, as we think about electric infrastructure, congestion, safety, efficiency, automation, uh, and knowing that a lot of our audience are, you know, really maybe new to trucking or folks who are uh, uh, really engaged in a kind of a transformation on trucking, you know, really a, an old, pretty established industry, What's your advice? I mean, how, how do we go about this in a way that when we look back on it, we say, we say you know, that was maybe easier than we thought? Mm -hmm. I'd say just remain engaged and continue to have those conversations with, you know, other drivers, uh, you know, your employers about the possibilities of truck automation. You know, I think when this whole uh, new world of automation was first introduced to us back in 2015, 2016. Everybody had a, a pretty visceral reaction, whether, hey, this is great, or this is really going to threaten my way of living and it's gonna re I'm going to be replaced by a machine. Um, so we have a bit of maturity after that. You know, it's been seven years since all this came out. Uh, and I think we've learned a lot by just being engaged and continuing that conversation. So I, I urge your members to just remain engaged, have those conversations, let us know how we're doing and what we can improve upon, uh, and just be upfront, open and honest. Well, great. That's good advice, Andrew. And so thanks so much for joining me. It's so interesting to talk about these topics and really for it's also interesting to have somebody like you that's really on the ground there close to the roadways to the truckers to the to the reality of all this so thanks for joining us thank you mike my pleasure freight efficiency with nacfi's mike roth and friends